welcome to the On With Shahan podcast. Today I have Chuck Petit, who's the CEO of the Republic Crowdfunding Portal. Chuck, thanks so much for joining, man. Ah, thanks for having me on, Shahan. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So Chuck, to get started, um, I've certainly been following the activity at Republic. I love the work that you guys are doing. Each new update, each new acquisition, it just seems like I like more and more of what you guys are doing. So I really wanted to spend some time and learn um, about Republic, about yourself and all the cool work you're doing. But before we get into that, um, I just wanted to know, like, you know, I was doing some research before the podcast on yourself and you have such an interesting, amazing, impressive background. So if you wouldn't mind walking through some of the work that you did before Republic and then some of the work that you're doing now at Republic um, in your current role. Yeah, sure, sure. So I've been in New York now for about 22 years. I uh, started off with a pretty classic like Wall Street experience. Um, went to grad school, got into hedge funds, had the uh, entrepreneurship bug and started my own company. It was in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. I did that for six or so years. I was really getting the itch to get back into kind of like mainstream investing and Sometime during that real estate stint, my own like, you know, entrepreneurship endeavor, I had started to do, um, I guess it's actually when I was in grad school, I started to do a little bit of uh, angel investing hmm. and I liked that and I wanted to get into it, but it was hard. Like I was coming from an industry that wasn't related to it and, um, you know, kind of distance from the whole Wall Street thing at that point too. So I started a micro VC fund um, with the intention of it helping me kind of network and that's exactly what it did. Because previously when I made angel investments as an individual, it got, you know, it didn't get much out of it. Right. I mean, other than like personal satisfaction and a relationship with a founder or two. Hmm. But um, I started the micro VC fund. And as soon as that happened, I was invited to be, you know, a panelist, a judge, a mentor. I was on shows and so on and so forth. And it actually led me to a couple of fellows at AngelList who were coming up with the idea of Republic. Hmm. And Republic was somewhat spawned, I guess, in the, from the 2012 Jobs Act, but specifically Title III of the 2012 Jobs Act that went effective in May of 2016 is what they were tackling. That license lets us and the companies we, we raise with, um, or we work with, raise capital from anyone in the world, regardless of their wealth. Right. So knowing the plans, uh, what they're up to, having some, you know, angel investment experience, and I was always about not just cutting a check, but cutting a check and actually rolling up my sleeves and helping out where I could, where I could fit. Mm. And that went along well with the thesis of the founders and made a very small investment, came on to uh, you know, help build out some things, specifically on the business side. And that was a little over four years ago. We you know, were five people then, today we're over 105 people. Wow. Four people, you know, <laughs> Back then, we only had four live campaigns, 25,000 registered investors, and average raise size per campaign was about 75K. Today, we have closer to 60 live campaigns, uh, about 800,000 registered investors, and average campaign size over the last like you know year plus has been over 500K per campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just on like the regulation crowdfunding, Title Three, investment crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding. They have a lot of different names for it, but that that business alone is where we're at we've obviously added a few things like you've you've noticed um we have a, an accredited only investor platform we have 
Republic Crypto, known as Republic Advisory Services, so we're pretty deep in um, the blockchain space as well. Right. And then recently we started to, you know, take a, uh, a vertical approach where <clears throat> we're working under the exemptions of Reg CF, Reg D, Reg A, but we wanted to bring in vertical expertise in different industries. So you saw, you know, we acquired a video game investment platform, we acquired a real estate investment platform. Right. Soon, probably, you know, sometime in the month of October, we'll announce a uh, acquisition of a what I call the Main Street Vertical, which focuses on mom and pop local brick and mortar stores. Interesting. Uh, businesses. Uh, we obviously already have the crypto vertical. So we are, you know, evolving. We're not just regulation crowdfunding focused. Um, we're becoming a suite of uh, a bit of a one-stop shop for, for founders to raise capital from the early stages to their late stages. And same thing for investors. They can find early and late stage, everything in between coming from different industries and different um, you know, uh, asset classes that helps diversify their portfolio. Right. I love that. And I love the move that you're doing with the mom and pop shops um, too. It's so funny. Um, my wife was going to open up a cheese shop. Uh, she has a digital version of a cheese shop now too, uh, and where she delivers like little boxes, but she was going to open one up here in La Cunada. It's called the La Cunada Cheese Shop, but she had to do it digitally. And then due to what happened, she's like, I don't know, like what's going to happen in the future. Like having something like this in the future, we're certainly going to be talking of uh, talking to you about, you know, potentially raising for a storefront, some store that yeah. she could have a retail shop and people there. So the direction you guys are going, it's just so funny. I love crypto. I love real estate. I love gaming, the crowdfunding <laughs> stuff and startups. It's just very aligned with a lot of the work I'm doing too. And it's funny that in the future, you're also going to be working with the mom and pop shop. So um, really like the direction. It's clear that you guys have a vision and strategy and you know where you're going because yep. it seemed like all these things are aligning to a really, really strong ecosystem. So I want to talk about um, crowdfunding versus traditional funding because you've you have experience in both and a lot of experience in both. So um, so I know before, like when I like I consult with a lot of startups, I'm launching a startup platform myself to assist startups. And a lot of uh, the startups that I talk to, especially the early stage ones, are always thinking about fundraising. When you talked, if you talk to people five or 10 years ago, maybe there was a stigma on crowdfunding. I certainly think that's gone away. Um, but uh, there are certain things about crowdfunding versus traditional uh, funding that's different. So could you talk through that, like in, in and maybe just uh, crowdfunding in general, and then specifically to how you go about crowdfunding? Sure. Yeah. So I mean, traditional, the obvious thing is that typically traditional mainstream venture capital investments are going to be much larger checks. Mm -hmm. um, that is slowly starting to peel away. You're starting to see a lot larger checks in, even in Reg CF, but definitely in Reg A and Reg D, um, well, at least the way that we do Reg D. Um, and with traditional, or I'd say modern investment crowdfunding, it, it is smaller checks, but it's a great way for a company to validate their product and service, to garner support from the masses to get in front of new people that they never would have been able to get to. And if they did get in front of them, it wouldn't be for this type of scenario. It's a different way of communicating to people. It's a different way to get them to understand who you are and what you're actually, you know, offering both investment opportunity wise and then business wise. Right. Um, so it's a real chance for you to optimize, I think your fundraising efforts. If you're doing it a traditional way, 
it's it's labor intensive. It's manual. You're going one by one. Sometimes you'll may, maybe meet a group of angel investors, but you're going to do it anywhere from you know 50 to 150 times before you um, actually achieve your your raise goals. With investment crowdfunding, it makes you more efficient because you're talking to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people per time, you know, you, you, you put your foot out there and we're working on ways to help you create content so you can get in front of more people with fresh information. Uh, we're working on ways to tell your story. Uh, we've been through it a few hundred times now at this point and there, you know, one thing that's clearly obvious and it's, it's a completely different beast than say like rewards-based crowdfunding, which was one of the stereotypes in the beginning of where people really got confused on both consumers and well, investors and uh, founders is that it would be the same. It's not, there's a totally different psyche to it. The mentality of the investor is that at least the vast majority of them want a return on investment. Right. Whereas in rewards-based crowdfunding, they're thinking, okay, I'll give you 50 bucks. And I think in six months, you're going to send me a product. Um, now it's like, I'm going to give you 50 bucks and, do I think you're actually going to give it back to me in three, five, seven years? And if you are, how much are you going to give me back? So they're weighing a lot more in, into it. And it's been super impressive to see the sophistication of the crowd and individual investors from the crowd. Um, and that, that's actually a really good sign for, I think, the continued growth in this industry and, you know, where it'll, where it'll eventually end up being in the financial structure of, you know, of capital raising. Right. And one other thing that you touched on earlier, um, I think you said Title III of the Jobs Act, um, where um, it gives, I think, up to some amount of money for um, accredited and un unaccredited investors to invest. I may or may not, but you can, you can correct me there. But there's something, yeah, uh, you could correct me there for sure. But let me just read the quote from your website. It says only wealthy people were allowed to invest in private companies thanks to Republic and newly adopted laws. You can now gain access to the new asset class and be an angel investor in startups. So, uh, so what are those newly adopted laws yeah. and then how does Republic open up this opportunity? So I guess, you know, prior to the 2012, 2012 jobs act, and then really not until those parts of the act went effective. Mm. One of them with title two, I believe is in 2015 and the other, uh, title three was in 2016. Okay. Title two is in regards to regulation A. It's a similar to regulation crowdfunding, except you can raise a lot more money. It costs a hell of a lot more for the founder to do, and it takes a lot longer to do. Um, and it's, I, I think also requires a lot more. I think it does. I know it does. It requires a lot more accounting um, work. Hmm. So, but I said like we focused on reg CF starting in, you know, May of 2016, the summer of 2016. Right. And that law allows companies to raise up to a million seventy thousand dollars from anyone. They can be accredited or non-accredited. Investors are capped at making the most, the most they can invest in one, well, one year is 107,000. Doesn't matter if you are a multi-billionaire, if you're investing through a reg CF portal in a reg CF deal, 107,000 is the most you can do per year. Right. Reg A is different. You can also be non-accredited, but the limits on how much you can invest is much is much higher. If you are accredited, you can put in as much as you want. Um, and that one, they allow companies to raise up to 50 million. Um, today, those rules, well, those rules really don't have much time left in them, to be honest. They're, the million dollar maximum on Reg CF will increase to 5 million, hopefully wow. in the next three months. Okay. Um, $50 million maximum on what's called 
and not to go too deep technically on this, but tier two uh, reg A uh, will go from 50 to 75 million. Um, I think that's in part to, you know, regulators recognizing that, well, first that a million dollars isn't enough. Um, and then that portals like Republic and others, uh, and also the founders have been properly, you know, treating this right that they've been given. Uh, there's been no cases of fraud. Uh, consumer um, behavior has been, has been quality. Um, complaints have been minimal nothing, you know, material or crazy. Right. Yeah, there's been a couple, I'd say, you know, bad apples is probably a little bit <clears throat> too harsh, but there's been a couple portals that have like, you know, done things wrong and but they've been, you know, pushed to the side. Well, you have the, over 250, the, right? Right. You, yeah. So like, it's worked out well is what I'm getting at. And that's why the rules are changing. There's a slew of other rules that are being changed with it that are all positive for both founders and investors. And it's a, you know, it'll be another frontier for us once those things happen. We'll see a lot more companies wanting to do it. Um, the, you know, the viability for companies when it goes from a million to five million is tremendous. Like it's a total game changer, right? Yeah. You, most companies today can't survive 18 months on a million dollar raise, but you can on a three or four or $5 million raise. Right. So it becomes much more, which, which means for investors is there's going to be a lot more opportunity. Mm. Um, it's more competitive. There's going to be higher quality offering offers and, it's great. You know, a lot of people benefit from it. I, I think I had no idea. So you said in three months that these laws would change or they might change? Yeah, ideally. So there was a bit of a delay because of COVID. Um, the, the rule, proposed rule changes came up, I'd say in February of 2020. And then it was open to public comment up until sometime, I think in June or July of 2020, with full plans that then assuming that the public comments were, you know, nothing material, there wasn't, you know, much pushback that they would hopefully approve it within three months after that. Um, COVID hit, there's also some uh, higher up changes, Jay Clayton specifically at the SEC, who's being, um, taking a new position within our government. So he was actually the person who would have to sign off on at last. And okay. that's kind of in limbo, but we're being told that, you know, it's one of the things he wants to get done before he actually, you know, vacates his SEC uh, chairman's seat. So hopefully in the next three months, we um, see a couple of those rules go through. That's really cool. I mean, it makes the Republic decision that much more compelling. Um, you know, yep. I, I agree that if you get that to the three, four, five million dollar range, that's a whole different scenario for uh, the startups. And the vehicle you guys use for their fundraising um, is a crowd safe. So what's a crowd safe that you guys use? So that's the primary um, you know, investment tool that we use or investor agreement that we use on our investment crowdfunding reg CF portal. And it's known as a, you know, it's a crowd simple agreement for future equity. Um, the, some of the main, you know, one of the biggest things about that document is it, it keeps investors from the crowd as one line item on the cap table of the company who's issuing it. And why that's important is because if you end up with more than one line item, you know, five, 10, 15 is no big deal, but you end up with three, four, 5,000 because you, you do end up on average, our companies have 1800 investors per, per campaign. Some have had five or five or more thousand. You have that many line items in your cap table. That's a lot of operational burdens uh, and tasks, things you need to do as a, as a, a founder reporting to your investors. Right. It could be you know, annual K-1s. 
It can be information or voting rights. It can be you know, a, a lot of different things that get in the way of your day-to-day -day operations. And to the credit of the, of the crowd and their sophistication, they recognize that that will stunt growth and hurt their investment opportunity or hurt the chances of their investment becoming profitable. Hmm. Uh, so they've accepted that document as something that is, you know, necessary to, to get into these investment opportunities. And it's not the only thing that we offer. You can do, a, you know, we, we've done straight stock purchase agreements. We've done debt deals. We've done revenue share deals. But a lot of founders, early stage tech startups, especially, uh, the most viable thing for them to do is to use the crowd safe. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense. So, um, so we've talked a lot, we've touched a lot of the pieces about, I think, Republic um, and how you go about working and why it's compelling. Um, to me, I also want to touch, touch briefly on the vision and strategy for as a company. So you mentioned that you guys are going to get into mom and pop shops as well. You got into crypto, real estate, gaming, we mentioned all that. Um, what's the grand vision? What does Republic want to be? I'm getting that one second. I was just thinking more about the crowd safe, so I can just say another word or two on yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Debunk a few things too. A lot of people feel like it's not investor friendly, that the founder can use it to basically screw over their investors, to buy them out. Of course, any document, any investor agreement can have things written into it. Uh, Republic standard crowd safe doesn't allow for these non-investor friendly uh, processes to even be possible. Uh, we've been extremely diligent and, you know, investor friendly in our documents. So it's important for people to understand there's a lot of misinformation out there that, you know, crowd saves that either out of Republic or even any of our competitors are um, harmful to investors. It's far from it. Um, if anything, I'd say our crowd safe is more investor friendly than even the Y Combinator safe, which is it, which it's based off of. Uh, I don't know if you know the Y Combinator safe, mm -hmm. but they basically made that document originally. They've, they've changed it a couple times since, uh, but originally made it say six or seven years ago to help speed up the process of making an investment. They wanted to use it to replace a convertible note, right. uh, which is cumbersome and costly. And it took a lot of time for people to, to produce those. So you know, cut down on the investment process, save money for founders, save money for investors similar like mentality for ours. And then we, we applied a lot more investor protection to our documents. If anything, like if you're, you're an investor out there, always read your investor agreements before moving forward. Uh, they're all right, you know, right there and widely available for people to read. Doesn't matter if it's a, a different debt agreement or a stock purchase agreement or, or whatever, a revenue share agreement, read them. Yeah. Uh, but on our vision at Republic, I'd say, we probably started to pick up on it earlier. Um, and I mentioned like becoming a one-stop shop for, for founders to raise during, you know, during their capital life cycle um, mm -hmm. at the early stage and then the late stage and everything in between. Um, for investors, we do want to bring that, you know, op optionality to them so that they have the ability to diversify their portfolio, diversify their private investment portfolio Having a bunch of you know tech companies is great, but you should probably offset that with say some debt deals in real estate or some video game revenue share agreements. Uh, we're really conscious of making you know giving at least our investor base the ability to get money back in their pockets sooner than later. Some of the you know tech deals are going to take three, five, seven, or more years. Uh, companies are waiting longer and longer to IPO. So you could even have a situation where it's an extremely successful company, 
um, that doesn't IPO for 10 years. That's a long way. So like, we want to make sure that they have the ability uh, to uh, diversify the portfolio. And at the end of it, you know, what Republic will look like is, it's a little cheesy, but we do have at least internal aspirations to be the, you know, the Amazon of investing, mm. uh, the Amazon of fundraising. And it's a two-sided marketplace. So we have to, uh, you know, we're building it like that. Mm. At some point too, you'll probably, you'll, we'll start to see, you know, an international play. We already have our, you know, our feet on the ground in, in Kuwait. Uh, that's our like Middle East, North Africa effort. We have feet on the ground in Israel. Um, we've had offers from countries like India and France, Mexico. Uh, eventually, like you're seeing this, you know, vertical play. We're bringing in different asset classes and different uh, in industries for investment opportunity. We could see something similar in the international space too. Right. And that again just adds to more optionality for investors. Right. Uh, so it can be, it's pretty broad. It's it's a big vision, but we're uh, certainly on track for it. Yeah, you got to add Armenia next. Armenia needs to be the next country. <laughs> Armenia has not knocked on the door yet, but I, I, I'll talk to them. I'll help. I'll help you with that. So, uh, so uh, I want to talk to you about. Um, so, like I said, a lot of uh, founders that I work with, they're always going through this fundraising process. It's not easy. Some of them are doing it for the first time. Even if you're doing it for the second, third, fourth, fifth time, it's still just you know you got to go through it. Um, so what advice do you have for people, you know, whether it's with the Republic or not, but uh, certainly you can touch on Republic, but what advice do you have for people that are going through the startup founders that are going through the fundraising process? So research first and research a lot, get to know who your potential investors are, who your targets are, um, leave no stone unturned. After you kind of get a, a mental map or a plan for your fundraising, how you're going to execute it. Um, Make sure you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And to me, that means if you've identified people you'd like to be investors, you may want to use the ones that you're really not sure about as kind of like a, you know, a, a you know, guinea pig, you're going to test them out to see if um, you can get your, your story down straight and that you can actually get to a, a, a place where your pitch is comfortable to you. Right. You know it like the back of your hand. And then you move on to the ones that you really targeted or desire to have as investors. Um, Keep in mind that it's not going to be quick. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier something like it's going to take you 50 to 150 times. The stories that you read in the paper where so-and-so goes on to raise $10 million in you know, their first company, they're not telling you the whole story. I'm sure they had a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that they put into that. There's a lot of like pain and suffering that occurred before it. Um, there are a few that are lucky that go very quickly, but that is not mm -hmm. the, you know, the case for 99.9% .9 of founders. Um, yeah, that, that's about it in a nutshell. I'd say also to try to come up with some ways to do it, you know, to, to, to make it efficient for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you are dead set on raising from angel or venture capital only, don't disregard the efficiency that you receive from running a, an investment crowdfunding campaign concurrent to it. And to me, if you're out and about in the field and you're talking to accredited only investors, that's totally fine. Venture, VC, corporate, institutional, whoever. But keep in mind that if you also had a concurrent investment crowdfunding campaign running, that you would be completely efficient. Every dollar that you talk to would have a seat. 
meaning they could either go through your reg D round or they could go through your reg CF round or your reg A round. Um, and that's really important to keep you, I, I think it's, it comes down to like a little bit of a psyche too, because like if you have a bunch of fails in a row, 50 fails in a row before you get your first check, but you also on the, at the same time got in 500 investors on the investment crop, that feels pretty good. Right. That'll keep you like, you know, that'll keep you alert and keep you pushing forward. So don't disregard anything uncover all stones, expect it to be like a long, pretty arduous process, no matter what, if it's your first or third time and, you know, stick to it and you'll, you'll make it through. Absolutely. So many great insights in there. And then some parting words, if you, if you wouldn't mind, Chuck, for maybe new entrepreneurs, new startup founders, new investors. Um, let's, I guess we could start up with, with start with startup founders. Like what advice would you have for, new entrepreneurs, new startup founders for launching their business? Uh, don't be afraid to, you know, climb to the mountaintop and scream. Um, it's a no shame game and you need to be ready to basically, you know, expose yourself in ways you've never had before. Um, if you're going to succeed, I don't care if you're B2B, B2C, if you're deep tech or you're making toothpicks or something like you're going to want to have a brand name. You're going to want to have, you know, your, your business out there in front of people. So don't get cold feet and hesitate. Um, a lot of people have problems with that. A lot of people have difficulty taking the leap of faith. Hmm. That's probably actually the first thing is, you know, don't be afraid to take the leap of faith. Right. I'm not saying like, you know, quit your full-time job and put yourself into bankruptcy, but you know, do it on the side, get things going at some point, pull the trigger, take that leap of faith. And then go out and put all, all all that you got into it, and that would be you know climbing to the mountaintop and screaming because that's the only way you're going to be successful. Right, I love that. And and just final words for investors, like those that are getting into this for the first time, like do you again? I I would assume research, looking into this, looking into the FAQs on the Republic website, which I'll for sure put in the link description. But what advice do you have for anybody that's looking into Republic as a potential way to make an investment? I know certainly from my perspective, when I got into crypto, that was really tough for people, really tough to understand this whole new asset class. Um, I know this is a whole new um, avenue for potential both yep. accredited and unaccredited investors. How do we how do we dive into this? Sure, um, especially for first time investors, and in, you know whether it's your first time in privates or your first time in, in publics, you know, publicly, publicly traded stocks and bonds, invest what you can afford to lose. Mm. Um, don't go into it with the mentality that you'll find the, you know, the one diamond in the rough and that's all you need to do. And you kind of concentrate that, you know, amount that you can afford to lose all into one thing. Take the approach that you, you know, you'll spread it out over time you want to have a, a large bucket of an, as large a bucket of investments as you can, hopefully north of 10, something mm -hmm. around like 25 or 30 would be ideal. So don't concentrate it into one investment. Make sure it's something that you can afford to lose. Go through that, you know, that process. It's going to take months, if not over a year to get to that, you know, number of investments. It should even take you a year to get over 10 investments. Right. Start to get a feel for it. Learn what that's like. See what's, you know, what's being communicated to you. You'll start to ask yourself a lot of questions. Utilize the tools that are given to you on platforms like Republic where you can ask the, ask the founder directly you know, what, what, what your question may be during their campaign. Hmm. Uh, Post-campaign, 
you know, Republic, we have a tool that allows investors to kind of, you know, stay in touch with their portfolio companies. Use those, you know, be involved and engaged. Um, you'll be surprised that founders are taking $20 investors just as seriously as they're taking $20,000 investors. Um, it's, it's actually one of the, like, the most beautiful things about crowdfunding is that, that that's happened. Mm. Um, where a lot of stereotypes were like, if I, you know, I don't want a bunch of people to make a $50 investment. You know, what good are they to me? Well, we've had case by case by case, dozens of cases where that $50 investor has been the gatekeeper to something that, that was valuable to the company. You know, they were the person that had the decision-making authority at the company they worked at to allow that product to be used there or would be buying a lot of that product and service or whatever it may be. Right. And those stories are starting to stick with people and they're starting to get out there. So they're being taken very seriously regardless of the amount they invest. So keep that in mind as an investor that your dollars are counting in, you know, in a lot more than you know, just the total dollar amount. Um, and then... Once you get into a groove, if this is something that's serious to you and investment planning is something that's serious to you and, you know, wealth management is serious to you, start to come up with ways to, you know, increase your holdings, to increase your exposure, to increase the number of companies you have in that portfolio. And that just comes down to financial planning and how you're going to be able to save to do it. And don't forget to be, you know, portfolio, look at your portfolio holistically. You don't want to over-concentrate in privates. Hmm. Uh, you also want to get different asset class, different types of like opportunities, get some revenue share ones in there, get some debt ones in there, get some money back in your pocket, get those, because that'll also teach you a lot too. Right. Um, hopefully that's not too daunting. I think it's actually pretty simple to, to execute. That's what, you know, Republic is here for is to make it, you know, simple to execute on. And and last I'd say is do research on the port, you know, on the portals that you end up on, uh, learn who those people are, who those, you know, teams are, individuals are, and you want to invest with people who have like their heads on straight too. There's a lot of portals out there today. I think there's like 60 some that have the same license that we have. There's only five that have live active campaigns. There's dozens now of, uh, of, of portals that do reg A only deals. There's also a lot of reg D ones that, are cutting corners and taking non-accredited investors through the Reg D, and or at least they're not um, doing it in a compliant manner. Reg D does allow for some non-accredited, but I'm sure they're not going through that paperwork. Why is that important to you? Because it could end up screwing over the company that you invested in. They get into right. securities laws issues, and the SEC such, shuts them down. Guess what happens to your investment? It's worth nothing. So do your research on portals too before you make an investment. Yep. Chuck, you are the best. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time. How do we follow you? How do we follow Republic? Uh, I am at republic.co. You can also find me. I think I own the handle at Love on every social media site except YouTube. Okay. That guy is not me. <laughs> He's got some <laughs> weird videos up there, but uh, everywhere else, whether that's Twitter, LinkedIn, Medium, so on and so forth. It's at Chuckster Olove. Okay. Sounds right. great. Thank you so much. I right, really guys. appreciate it. See ya. Thank you, Sean.